Hello, tennis fans. Welcome to another edition of the Ontario Tennis Association's On Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Malcolmson, and this episode is the latest in the ongoing Women in Tennis series. I'm pleased to be joined today by two co-founders of a great new initiative called Girls Leading Girls Tennis, or GLG Tennis for short, Rachel Gould and Nikki Carnavale. GLG Tennis is a not-for-profit initiative launched by Rachel, Nikki, and the GLG team to help empower young female tennis players to be leaders both on and off the court. Their mission is to provide an environment for girls to develop a passion for tennis and help them discover pathways to promote strong leadership skills. As you might expect, our two guests have strong backgrounds in tennis, both as competitive players and in grassroots and high-performance coaching. Welcome both of you to the On Tennis Podcast, and thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks for having us. So good to be here. Thank you, Pete. Pleasure. Okay, so listen, before we get started uh, in the GLG story, what it's all about, I want to give our listeners a little bit more background about both of you as far as your early tennis pathways go. Uh, Nikki, let's start with you. Um, you're currently coach at Peak, Peak Performance Academy at Mayfair West in Toronto, and have also recently been a high-performance touring coach and worked on, on court with some of the best juniors in tennis Canada. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in the sport. So actually, my grandmother, she has a court in her backyard. So naturally, I was exposed to the sport, and I just wanted to get on and play. Um, I started playing more at age seven. My first club that I was playing at was Veneto Tennis Club, um, super close to my house. And my first coach was actually a female. Her name was Tina Blaschkovic. And yeah, when I started high performance tennis, I was probably about nine years old. I started playing with Ben Armstrong and we were at Mayfair West, which I'm actually working at now. So it's kind of cool to see life come in full circle like that. Um, so then, um, so talk to me a little bit about your junior competitive play. When did you first play your first tournament? And I, I presume it was an OTA tournament. Yes, and absolutely. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about those days when you first got started on the competitive side. I, I, gather, I gather Ben would have been obviously coaching you at that point. Yeah, so I started playing tournaments when I was maybe nine or 10 years old with the OTA Rogers rookie events and things like this. But I really started to train more and really commit to tennis and under 12s and I was able to play provincials. I've won provincials a few times. I've been to a couple national finals and I continued to play on the junior Fed Cup team. I did this until I was about 16 and then I started suffering from a few injuries which I had to cut down my time on court so that definitely wasn't fun but um, yeah I continued to train and play and I was always still involved with tennis but getting back into competition was obviously very hard with reoccurring injuries and being a teenage girl it's not the most motivating thing to do when you're missing out on so much because of your injuries Fair enough. so so you yeah. know it's funny you should mention the provincials because I that you did win it because we have the trophies in our office and mm -hmm. I have seen your name more than <laughs> once I think so good for you Thank part you. of the legacy um so then um so you, you played internationally a little bit, Fed, Junior Fed Cup. That must have been exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's always amazing to represent Canada. I'm so happy that I got the chance to do that as a junior and continue to do that as a coach and be able to represent our country. Um, I've obviously done the Florida Circuit, Eddie Hare, Orange Bowl. Um, I'm part Croatian, so I got to represent Canada out in Croatia. So there's just been uh, a, such amazing opportunities I've had through sport, definitely. So then um, after sort of your junior days were over, you went, uh, went to university here and played for the York Lions. Yes, I did. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, 
the York team really just sparked my love for tennis again. And it was so fun to play with such a supportive group of girls who we all had shared interests and things in common with. I met my best friend on the team and still to this day, it's, we're just super close and it's, it's amazing what playing in a team environment can do. And since I started university and I started competing on a team, that's when I really realized that I wanted tennis to be my full-time career. And that's when I really started to work in tennis and commit to that as my future pathway. So um, obviously while going, I presume while playing and going to school, you were also getting your coaching levels, I gather, uh, through the Tennis Canada slash OTA programs? Yep. I'm currently a uh, coach two, club pro two, and a candidate for the coach three and the advanced coaching diploma with the Coaching Association of Canada. That that's is it? a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, that's, that's pretty good for, for a woman of your age. I mean, a lot of accomplishments early on as a player and then, you know, getting into the coaching stream uh, and, you know, on your way. I mean, there's not you can go to three or four, but really two and three is kind of, you know, where you need to be. So good for you. Thank you. Rach, um, you've been involved with quite a few different aspects of the sport yourself over the past few years. Uh, right now, you're the co-head pro and director of tennis operations at Kew Gardens Tennis Club in Toronto and uh, recently worked with Tennis Canada, some OTA special projects and have also coached in US and Australia. So where did you get it all started? Uh, yeah, it's actually come full circle for me as well at Kew Gardens Tennis Club. So that's actually the, the first club. I was a part of tennis camps there and uh, playing with my dad. Um, so around the age of five. So it's nice to, you know, be part of that, that full spectrum from a player to first coaching experience as well. And now, now coming back in that uh, leadership role. So did you take, uh, did you take any lessons at Cube maybe besides your dad? Like, was there any pros at the early days? Or yes. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Mowat was my first coach uh, over at Q Gardens. And, um, and yeah, again, I've had many mentors uh, there through, you know, working and, and being my boss and again continuing that development uh, but I guess from an academy and competitive standpoint I, I started playing at around the age nine competitively and Tim Heather would have been my, my first club for that oh, really? with with Lionel Eli oh with Lionel okay yeah Lionel, Lionel. Um, so I guess it must have been kind of motivating coming from Q that we actually the OTA had their provincials there every year I um, presumably you played in a few of them and certainly got uh, you know what your appetite for competitive play right on your doorstep Oh, definitely. I know. I remember being with Cardiff there many, many days and, um, you know, getting that experience through events and tournaments and, you know, competing provincially and then nationally and doing, you know, some international events as well just really sparked that that love and, um, you know, just seeing how, how run, well run everything is and, and being a part of that, that system. And so I guess um, I'm gathering you got a, a college scholarship out of your stellar play as a junior. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about that. It was Flagler College in Florida, was it? Yes, Florida? yes. So Flagler College um, and uh, yeah, I went down there. I actually lived there for about six years. So um, went on scholarship for four years and that did lead to my first coaching position um, as the assistant coach for the men's and women's teams. So that, that experience really just launched my career and, and really amplify my love for the sport. You know, I know Nikki mentioned about that team environment and it was the same for me. I, I just fell in love and thought that I would love to make this a career and that's where it all got started. And then you've obviously gone on to get some of your coaching levels here in Canada. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so um, I'm coach three and club pro three, and uh, getting you know involved in coaching certification and facilitation now. So it's been so nice to you know be involved with that with the OTA and, and Tennis Canada, and again learn learn so much from so many mentors through that. So, 
if I were to come out and have both of you coach me this summer with all those credentials, can you fix my serve? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I see you play all the time at Q, you know, that ripping those forehands down the line. <laughs> I need some help on some of my shots. So maybe I'll, I'll come out in the summer and see if I can't learn something from you guys. So listen, let's talk about um, your latest, latest initiative, Girls Leading Girls Tennis. Um, why don't one of you give us a brief overview of what GLG for short, is all about and, uh, and when it started and things like that. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I'll start with when it started, how it started. This is becoming one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, I do some work with Tennis Canada. So last January, yeah, January 2020, I went out to Halifax and I ran a, a regrouping there with some of the players and some of the girls. My former co-worker, Steve Mahar, he was working with me at the Boulevard Club. He actually moved out to Halifax and he said, there's no young female coaches here. Can you come out and run some sessions? So I said, absolutely. And I went and I met some of the girls who are currently in our program. And yeah, it was awesome. I ran a pretty standard session, but it was just so fun to like have the energy of girls on the court and having a, a, just someone that looks like them that they can look up to. It was pretty awesome. And yeah, so I finished my regrouping there. I went home. I didn't think anything of it really. And then a few months later, I got a call from one of the girl's mothers who I had worked with when I was out there. And she said that I had a really big impact on her daughter and she wants to keep a female tennis player in her life as a role model. And we were discussing back and forth. And then Rachel and I connected because Steve had recommended Rachel as well. So we just all started talking and thinking what we can provide for these girls. And with COVID, things were shut down anyway. So we became pretty creative with the things that we're able to provide for the girls. So we started kind of with online webinars and it's really just grown to this big thing. So it's been pretty excited since that. Excellent. Now, um, so there, there's other, other um, women involved in the group as well. Um, how, did, how did that all come together? Yes, yeah, so as, as Nikki mentioned, one of the mothers, uh, she is one of our co-founders, who is uh, Dr. Marianne McDonald, and uh, she also has a fellow uh, doctor dentist and her friend uh, Jill Bishinsky, who lives in Saskatchewan. So it kind of was a start where you could see even through COVID that you know we can have this um, connection and be able to grow something remotely. And so that's kind of how it was all born and us collaborating and, and sharing ideas. And uh, you know today we all kind of band behind trying to make a difference and provide leadership opportunities. And so we all, even though um, they might not be coaches themselves, but they have a strong background in, in female leadership. And we came together to bring the mission that we have today. And so just by happenstance, you've got somebody from the East Coast, somebody from Central, Can Central Canada, and somebody from the West. So you've already got a national profile right off the start. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that couldn't have happened in a better way. So yeah, very good. Um, so who are these young women that you're trying to reach and like how, give me a profile of who they might be and and um and you know what your what their expectations are and you know are they tennis players are they just young girls who just want to do something in sports or wh who are they yes yeah, so yeah we 
we have developed two streams for it. So our kind of core stream and where this kind of all got started was the youth mentors that are teenagers between the ages of 13 and 17 and competitive players. So we started working with about 17 competitive players in Nova Scotia. And again, being a small kind of community there, that was a, you know, a huge amount and has been, you know, amazing to kind of build a program with them. And then that leads into our other stream, which is under 12 and where we're kind of building a grassroots, more community initiative and gives them the opportunity to have leadership experience. So they, you know, these youth mentors get the chance to now be hands-on and we, you know, through our webinars and through on-court training, they now get to actually coach these young girls and inspire them as well. So are, are these girls in the sort of, that you're mentoring with respect to coaching, are, are they players first? I mean, were they, did they come up as young five and six-year-olds and they're now what, preteens and teens and that sort of thing? Is that how, so they have a tennis background generally? Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah. So they compete provincially there in Nova Scotia. And um, I don't think if you want to add to that. Yeah, they're competing there in Nova Scotia. And it, we really just wanted to capture the age that most of these girls are dropping out. It's those really challenging years when high school gets busy and they have social priorities to get to. And we really just want to show them that tennis is a safe space that you can grow and you can get better and you can learn to fail in a healthy way and we really just want to nurture that for them and try to keep them in the sport in those really tough ages yeah that makes sense you know i was actually you mentioned it first i was going to mention the fact that um you know statistically speaking girls drop out of sports at a certain age at a much higher rate than boys so i and but having said that i think tennis as a sport is really quite good um for, for girls and women to play. I mean, the participation mm. levels, especially as they grow on to be young adults and so on, are, is probably higher than a lot of sports in the country. But still, yeah. there are these, you know, um, girls that are saying, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, they don't have the confidence or whatever. And they say, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's time for me to drop out and you yeah. know, study and what have you, which is nothing wrong with that, but <laughs> it's always good to have some sports as well. So I, I, mean, I guess you Definitely. saw some of that when you decided to, to yes, go down this that's path, really right? where we've sparked, you know, out of that need, you know, you're seeing those girls that are on the edge and maybe not playing as much or competing as much and, you know, may, might be on the verge of dropping out. And so that's why we started this to kind of help mm -hmm. re-engage them, get them together, have a supportive environment and encourage them to continue. And it's just been amazing to see the impact of that and how they, they're all banding together. And, and yeah, we just hope that we can deliver that you know, in, in many different regions. So do you think, I mean, it's been, it's been tough this year, obviously with COVID, a lot of the stuff is virtual and off court. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, I guess in, in the East coast, there's a little on court activity, but, um, do you feel that the girls themselves are bonding with each other through this experience as well as obviously leaders like yourself, but is it really, are they forming a little community uh, on their own, in their own right? Absolutely. Um, we have a lot of different assignments and activities that we give them. So it's so nice to see them get out of their normal routine and go and hang out with each other and complete these things together because it's really just giving them extra support that they might have not had with their their regular schedule, their direct group of people that they normally have. So now they have 16 other girls that they can lean on and talk to and really help push them be better. So I think that's a pretty amazing part that we've, we've seen come together. Yeah. Yes. And can you just give us like, um, a little bit of just a sample of what they might experience when you go for an online 
girls leading girls uh, session? What 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 can what could they expect or what what do they get out of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's developed over over time. You know, at first it was really just trying to kind of build that community feeling and that you're working together and and teaching them. You know, just the basics of goal setting and. Their, what they're doing and with their scheduling and their tennis kind of background and then it leads more into we've uh, incorporated the coaching development side so a lot of kind of the content from the instructors course and in terms of how uh, to create a lesson plan and how to perform on court and so it's really morphed into many different things but we we cover topics which is you know it's been amazing to see remotely how you can do so much from fitness to again career planning to on-court coaching to their own training to mental performance I mean the list goes on we, we have so many ideas we just um yes. what's been exciting is having it flow together and we also have guest speakers involved so it's it's bringing other strong female leaders in the sport and uh, you know in general in any industry just to be able to show them that those role models that they can look up to so are these girls as they learn how to coach are they coaching younger girls only or could it be young boys and girls or is it kind of a girls leading girls yeah. sort of thing. Is that <laughs> it says idea? it in the name right yeah yeah, yeah. so it is like yeah. they're literally taking a group of younger girls and, and teaching them how to play and in the in the in in the process mentoring them as well yes exactly and we you know it's just about that environment and creating a safe space and and really having it kind of centered around the the people that are in it so you know that was the big part of it is trying to create that environment and so you know we want to have um, the girls that are bonding that team together as the mentors and then the younger group of girls and so we just have really seen the impact of that you know in the future maybe it expands but uh, that's you know really the focus yeah makes sense um, so you know the on tennis podcast we've had uh, we've been very fortunate to have had a couple of uh, really uh, well-known women in tennis as guests in the past on Stacey Allister and Ann Worcester. Uh, interestingly, they both were CEOs for the WTA and, and Stacey being from Canada, um, you know, she was, it was a fantastic uh, achievement for her to get that. I mean, prior to that, she had spent um, years with Rod, with uh, Tennis Canada and the Rogers Cup as a senior executive and the tournament director. Um, Anne went on to, um, to uh, 21 years running the Connecticut Open, which is a WTA ATP stop. Uh, Stacy then went on to the USTA and is now the tennis director of the US Open, uh, tournament director, sorry. Um, and so I think both of them have really, um, have, have really been strong proponents of females in the game at all levels, playing, um, coaching executives and they're very strong proponents. So I'm sure that if they listen to this, I'll be very happy to hear that you're, you know, you're doing some of the same things. Um, so, uh, I just wondered if you can maybe uh, over and above coaches you may have had who are females, is there any sort of, um, women in leadership that have inspired the two of you, uh, in your lives in early ages or even now today? So one person who really stands out to me is Mary France from Tennis Canada. I mean, she's helped me so much with my whole coaching career, and she really provides so much support and an environment that's so welcoming to all of my goals and all of my ambitions, and she's always there to listen. She's always there to point me into the right direction, and I really think 
that has inspired me so much to do that to the other girls as well. Because once you have people on your team, it's so easy to get to get where you want. If you have the right people putting you in the right direction, you can reach your goals. And it's just so clear to me because obviously my young age and being where I am today, it's it's something I'm really proud of, but it's something that I could not have done without the people around me. Certainly. You, I'd say the same, yes. Uh, I mean, especially for a coaching career, um, Marie France has provided a lot of opportunities and, and really, I think, mentored both of us through this journey as well. Um, so that, you know, would be the more recent one that stood out to us. And I think um, looking back, we were kind of discussing, you know, what impact had when we were when we were juniors. And it was a lot around the environment we were in. I think we both actually come from a, the same academy at Mayfair West with uh, Ben Armstrong. And, and there he kind of built in a mentorship piece within the you know, girls in the program. So you'd actually, you know, hit with some of the older players when you're younger. And there was kind of that little bit of that feeling there. And you can see that support was really a positive impact to us and created some lasting friendships and, and building confidence. Yeah. And Nikki, mm -hmm. you mentioned um, when you played for the York Lions mm -hmm. that, you know, you were really tight with the girl because the girls and the boys kind of play together, but it's all there's almost two separate teams in some ways. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so you developed a real good relationship with the girls. And and um, I imagine the same thing for you, Rachel, when you were down in Florida at Flagler. Um, yes, definitely. I mean, you create such a bond and you're working hard together and in that environment it just um, you know you're pushing each other and supporting each other and so that's where again I, I saw the, the power of that and was hoping to kind of bring that into my coaching career to create those positive environments. So here the two of you were playing tennis but you're a few years apart so you weren't competing against each other yes. <laughs> um, going to school at different times but here we are today and it seems that you know your path your separate pathways through tennis have led you to this moment in time, uh, you've, you know, met, met each other, had very similar goals, and it just seems to be almost the perfect time. Uh, there's movements in society, you know, about strengthening women's position in corporate environments and, and just about everywhere. Um, so I think, I think you're onto something, you know, timing-wise and all that sort of thing, and, and it sounds like you're really committed to it. Um, so what do you think is um, important for girls and young women why do you think it's important for them to have women as leaders? I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, but is there something at the essence of this that you could say, you know, is different from, say, having a, a, a man mentoring you, tutoring you, coaching you, or whatever? Yes, definitely. I mean, the first thing we, we notice is inspiration and having that positive role model. Kind of, again, Nikki mentioned earlier that it's someone that looks like them, that you can relate to. So that's, you know, a huge impact for the importance for it. And also, I think just the way you're able to connect with someone who's similar to you on a, an emotional level, on the things you might feeling. So I work with many girls at uh, Mayfair West, and sometimes they just walk in, and I know what they're going through just by the look on their face. I'm like, ah, oh, I was once you. <laughs> and, and, and it's just crazy how, how open they are to telling you how they feel when you understand exactly where they're coming from. And if they don't have that, it might be hard to improve as fast as they can. It might be hard to, to believe in themselves because they feel like you're not understanding them. But once you've been through it and you showed them that you have, they really it really builds that trust and bond and helps further their growth, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's at one level, it's just emotional support in general. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, both of you having been former high-caliber athletes um, there's a lot of family pressures potentially and, and just a lot of peer pressures and coaching pressures so I think helping 
like being in their skin, not only as a female, Definitely. but also as a competitive player has to be a, a, a... Yeah, there's so many similar situations that you end up in, so you can explain, you know, what you did in that and how you came out of it. And uh, we can see that even just through the mentorship sessions that we do, even online, you can have that connection, even though you may have never met this person. Um, you know, there's still that bond and being able to relate and share, you know, what, what maybe they can do for their goals and their future aspirations. Right. So... Um, Give us a little bit more detail on how the program works. Um, as mentioned, there's on-court components and off-court components. Obviously, some of the on-court ones have, are in hiatus right now, but <laughs> take us through a, a plan that a young woman in the program might experience, uh, what, what you're expecting from them, and what you think they're you know, going to get out of it and how it's going to help shape their futures. Definitely. Um, we've been fortunate, you know, running it in Nova Scotia as our first program that it has not really shut down at all. I think there was just a, maybe a one week period. Yeah. So it has been able to be on court. But um, the way our model works is we do start online uh, just to be able to kind of get everyone engaged. We would have uh, biweekly meetings for that. And that ran throughout the entire fall. So we um, run about eight sessions of that. And then that leads into transitioning to an on court and off court blend of programming. So we um, would have that which was big great in Nova Scotia, we could do it weekly, where every Sunday they go out and are able to train together and play together. So there's that piece where you kind of create some camaraderie and friendly competition. And then another hour where they're able to practice their coaching, which has now led into an actual full-on program. That's a progressive program for under nine young girls. And uh, we have that. It's uh, We're working with a few community groups, and there's 32 girls involved in that program in Nova Scotia. So, Nikki, how do they, um, how do you get the court time? <laughs> how does that whole thing work? I mean, these kids are from different families and different, re you know, parts of the city might play at their own clubs in the summer, what have you. So how, do, how is it working out in Nova Scotia right now? Um, we're really lucky to have a lot of people supporting us. We currently have Head Start Tennis helping us out with the court time, and they have given us two hours on Sundays and we've secured those times but I mean tennis is there's so many public courts so once we do expand and grow the program there's so many opportunities to get outdoors and have small court fees and I think it's really important to to make tennis such a accessible sport for so many people because I feel like it's framed to be such an expensive port, expensive sport that's so difficult to play. But really, you just need a racket and a ball. There's so many public courts. There's so many things you can do just by yourself, just with a parent, just with your siblings. And that's the kind of program that we're trying to build and show to these girls. And it's pretty cute. We have our youth mentors made these homemade booklets that they gave all of our little girls and they have challenges and tasks on it and they saw that the older girls made it for them so they go home so motivated to keep practicing just so they can get a sticker for their book and they're improving so much it's it's really amazing that's great yeah well i mean it's nice that you have um some you know somebody who's looking out for the group and get, getting court time and that sort of thing um you know, as, as mentioned, or maybe we didn't mention, but uh, GLG Tennis is a not-for-profit organization. So um, tell us about how important it is to raise funds to sustain and grow the organization. And, and not just funds, it could be product and kind and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And, and, and sort of what your organization is going to need for future growth. 
Yes, yeah, it's definitely uh, such a big piece, and we've been very fortunate having a few sponsors that came on early on just to help launch it, uh, including Dental Corp. And from more of a merchandise standpoint, we've had Gatorade support us, um, you know, with some fun little kits for the girls. And so, you know, that's been really enabled us to launch everything. And now, you know, we're at the point where in order to sustain it and keep it year-round and, again, grow into other regions, um, you know, we're, we're looking and seeking for, for potential sponsors or um, fundraising and, you know, hopefully Hopefully once we're able to run events, then that'll be, you know, a big piece of it as well. So here we are in, well, coming up to, we hope, an outdoor season in Canada. <laughs> um, I mean, different parts of the country, like maybe Saskatchewan might be a couple of weeks behind us. But essentially in the next month or so, um, we're, we're all hoping to get outside. So what, what do you see moving forward uh, for the program, you know, both in, in where it's already active in Nova Scotia and I know you have some... Uh, uh, interest out in um, BC to launch pilots and potentially in Ontario. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what you foresee in the next little, you know, while as we get, launch into the outdoor season and, and beyond. Yeah, so as of September, we will be running our pilot program out in BC. We've had great support from Tennis Canada and Tennis BC for that. So hopefully that will go smoothly. Again, we're looking to just fine tune our, our Nova Scotia program and really keep those girls engaged. And hopefully we have something out here in Ontario as well. And I think with those three provinces to start over the next one to two years, I think that'll be a really great opportunity to get GLG more nationwide and then eventually grow to expand that throughout the nation. And just to add to that, what we're really excited about part of that new pilot is um, we're kind of expanding this program over a year and a half and incorporating the instructor's course. So we're kind of merging some of that content through the online webinars, which then would transition to, you know, the on-court certification. So uh, that's kind of in the works right now. Yeah, so the, these young women are uh, old enough to realize that you know, there's all sorts of courses and, and opportunities out there mm -hmm. for either a career or certainly jobs while they're going to school and that sort of thing. So, um, I, 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 I mean, do you have to tell them about that or are they all already sort of aware of that whole stream? A big thing that I think is important that they know is the program isn't to push them into coaching. It's really to use coaching and tennis as a way to be better leaders, whether they want to be a doctor, whether they want to be a lawyer, whether they want to be a dentist, anything. But I have learned so much from coaching. I've learned how to interact with people. I've learned how to time manage. I've learned how to problem solve. There's so many things involved in being a coach that will relate to any path they want. So I think just getting them to recognize the importance of that and it's it's pretty clear that they're all super keen to do it so far. They're excited yeah. to be exposed to so many awesome people and in industries that they might have not had the opportunity to ever talk to. So I think that's the message that I really want to push for the girls. It's I'm not here as a female coach wanting to be wanting you to be a female coach. You can be whatever you want, but this will help. And it's really paving them that pathway to success. Yeah, it's kind of building that network, and I think they're all seeing that as well. That there's support, again, in different fields and just overall as leaders. So that's our big goal out of it. And surprisingly, they all love coaching. Yeah. They're just really excited about it, and they just say we love inspiring those younger girls, yeah. and it, it's kind of their way of giving back as well. Well, you know, we all have one thing in common. We love tennis. Yes. And, and, and you know what? It is, you're right. It, it's uh, You can learn a lot of life lessons through sport. Um, mm -hmm. You can't let it consume you, uh, you know, you have to be well-rounded. So I, I'm really interested to hear about the off-court things and having speakers that potentially aren't tennis players, but mm -hmm. are, have been successful in other fields. Um, so yeah, give me an example of somebody who may have been 
uh, a guest lately and what yeah, they so, were imparting. So um, my good friend, Dominique Carmath, you might know the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah so she she on the trophy as well, or is it she just, is? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, past champions over yeah. here. So she was a few years older than me as well, but uh, she was forced to hit with me when I was a kid, and we are now <laughs> best friends. So she's actually a chiropractor at Mayfair Lakeshore now. So she um, is a sports specific chiropractor. So she just came on to the call to talk about the 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 experiences tennis has given her and how it's helped her become the successful person she is today so it was pretty cool yeah and 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 it went over well with it with the uh, the young women that were listening in I mean was it really interactive and yeah I mean that's our goal out of every session I mean as we've progressed through it too we've made each session more and more interactive um you know we've had guest speakers like Sharon Fitchman as well so you know it's really you know they've they're inspired by it and they can kind of follow along and just know that network is growing and people they can reach out to, especially in a smaller province. That's been a, a huge part that they've been excited about. So I'm glad to hear that um, Tennis BC and, and uh, East Coast, is it Tennis Nova Scotia or is it the whole Tennis Atlantic that is, you know, supporting you guys? So, you know, as an OTA guy, I'm going to encourage you to, you know, come and, <laughs> come and talk to us, you know, because I mean, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, um, we're all about grassroots tennis at the OTA and, uh, and, 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 you know, in fact, we have a, we already have a grant for um, women in coaching in tennis, so I, I think it's a great, a great pursuit. And uh, you know, I think the fact that you've just started it basically as, as two individuals and from nothing is, in, you know, got to where you are already is, is really impressive. So, oh, what? Speaking you. of what, what's the vision? I mean, we talked about this spring. What's the vision for you know one, three, five years down the road? Hopefully, I mean, uh, this year we're looking at you know growing the program further in Nova Scotia, successfully launching in BC, and it, certainly our goal is to be here in Ontario, being both coaches here, and, and you know, OTA has had such an impact on, on our lives competitively as well as in our coaching careers, so that's definitely, um, you know, our next step that we're hoping to, to bring something, even through our clubs as well, um, and then I know five years beyond, I don't know if you want to take that one, Nikki? Yeah, I mean, our <laughs> overall vision is to have tennis be the leading female sport in Canada, and I think it's so possible, especially with a program like this, is just getting more girls involved, making the program more accessible, and really showing them that they can be successful through sport. Um, I think it's, it's a very achievable goal to reach, and eventually maybe we can take the program international and just <laughs> help grow tennis as a sport, but I mean... And something in a project like this, there really is no limits to me. Well, you know, uh, ladies, it's been a fantastically interesting, informative conversation. It's great to have you both as guests. Um, I really think that the initiative uh, is inspiring and and should be uh, applauded by, you know, the tennis community and, and people at large. And, um, you know, I wish you uh, a lot of success in that. And, and it's, I think it's important that you're really... St- I mean, you haven't lost sight of what it is you're trying to do, and that's to change girls' and young women's lives through mentoring and through positive reinforcement and that sort of thing. Um, so just to sort of wrap it up here, um, can you tell us what, if, if, uh, if there's somebody listening out there who wants to get involved, either you know a young girl or, or a family member, um, how can they learn more about GLG Tennis? Yeah, uh, the website would be the first thing. You know, we um, launched our website about two months ago, I'd say. So if you go to uh, glgtennis.com, and uh, we also have kind of social media that we'd hope you to follow. Yeah, their Instagram handle is glgtennis. We're always posting on there, keeping everybody active with 
what's happening. And if you're interested in helping support us too, there's a partners page on our website. You can contact us. If you are a parent or a child listening and you want this program near you, feel free to send us an email. Tell us where you are and we will do our best to come to your region. Well, I think, you know, um, as I just said, I think it's a wonderful initiative. Uh, Rachel and Nikki, um, thanks again for taking the time to to join us here in the On Tennis podcast. We wish you all the best success. And, and yeah, as I said, don't forget to come and visit us and tell us how things are going. <laughs> Definitely. How's tomorrow? <laughs> oh, uh, we're in lockdown. But, you know, no, I mean, I, I think it's a terrific program and I wish you the best of luck. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much for having us. Thank you.